Virginia. Where the spirit of 1.8 million West Virginians wills you to victory. Other places have pro teams, but in this state, the Mountaineers are a way of life. When I competed, and more that number, I competed for the state and for the people, not just for the university. Now, let's roll out the carpet and bring on the Mountaineers. That's not a spree. Yes! Alexander. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into episode three of the 2022-2023 version of the CRW Hoops podcast here to talk a little bit about how that went there at that Phil Knight tournament they played in. They're in Portland where they ultimately took fifth place in the tournament. No, it's been a couple weeks since we put out a CRW Hoops podcast episode here, but wanted to take a break, you know, both with the holiday, you know, Thanksgiving, and then, of course, with the tournament ongoing, didn't really want to try and put an episode in between, you know, games there. So I wanted to wait till after the tournament to be able to talk about it a little bit and preview the upcoming game against Xavier coming up this Saturday for the Mountaineers. So that's what we're going to do kind of on the agenda here on the docket for episode three of the 2022-2023 CRW Hoops podcast as the West Virginia Mountaineers basketball team currently sitting at six and one. But before we get into the recap of the Phil Knight tournament there in Oregon and previewing the game against Xavier, let's talk a little bit of Mountaineer news. All right, had to throw a Mountaineer news segment into this episode of the CRW Hoops podcast with a heavy Mountaineer news day that just passed the day before that I'm recording this podcast. West Virginia has found a new athletic director in Wren Baker coming to the Mountaineers from North Texas, hired to be the new West Virginia athletic director and vice president. I think this is important to note on the basketball side of things because a couple of reasons, one being Ren Baker kind of has a history with basketball, actually a former basketball coach in his own right. And then the second one being, of course, Bob Huggins. We know he you know, doesn't have too many seasons left in him. So it looks like Ren Baker will ultimately be, barring any unforeseen circumstances in the near future, the athletic director that will be choosing the coach that follows Bob Huggins on the West Virginia basketball side. So that was a big piece of news. And then, of course, on Mountaineer football side, uh, Neil Brown will be returning as the head coach in 2023. Uh, Just kind of wanted to give some brief thoughts on those here. If you want my expansive thoughts on that, a little bit more um, in-depth as I went over it on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel, I did a live stream talking about both, a live stream talking about Ren Baker returning as athletic director, and then another one talking about Neil Brown's return on the football side of things. But as far as basketball news is concerned, I think this is of note, of course, because it is within the university. And Bob Huggins and Shane Lyons were noted to have a kind of tumultuous relationship. So hopefully him and Ren Baker hit it off for the time that Bob Huggins is here. But also I think this is important for the future because you're probably now looking at the athletic 
athletic director that will handle the transition from Huggins to whoever takes over the Mountaineer basketball program whenever Huggins chooses to hang it up and retire in his coaching career. But ultimately, that's the thing I wanted to touch on. Like I said, I have a emergency podcast episode out on it for you guys on the audio side. But if you want even expanded thoughts upon beyond that even hop over to the country roads webcast youtube where i did a couple long form live stream episodes talking about it more in depth but as far as mountaineer news uh segment for our purposes here on episode three of the crw hoops podcast what you need to know ren baker hired to be west virginia's athletic director and vice president moving forward that being said let's talk a little bit about that phil knight tournament that the mountaineers just finished up playing in taking fifth place and playing in three games they are going two and one to bring their record to six and one on the 2022-2023 season as we continue on here in episode three of the crw hoops podcast All right, so I want to touch a little bit about the West Virginia Mountaineers' performance out in Oregon as they took fifth place in the Phil Knight tournament that they played in there against some tough competition. Ultimately, you know, in hindsight now, the Mountaineers having the very tough first-round matchup, probably the toughest opponent of anyone in the first round now in hindsight in Purdue, and I will touch on that game against Purdue, the next game against Portland State, and, of course, their final game there against the Florida Gators a little bit, and then I want to preview the game against Xavier coming up to close out this episode here of the podcast. But before I do that, just wanted to take a second and say really appreciate you guys tuning in to Episode 3 of the CRW Hoops podcast, whether you're tuning into the audio version, which you can find on any podcast platform. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, leave us a rating that really helps us if you're listening on any of the other podcast platforms you're obviously a big west virginia fan so you probably know other west virginia fans so be sure and share it around with them and that really helps us as we continue to try and grow the country roads webcast community throughout mountaineer nation and in turn with that if you're watching here on the video side whether it be on our youtube channel here at the country roads webcast or over on the wv sports now youtube channel as we are part of their network and they have great mountaineer sports content that you can find on the web at wvsportsnow.com but whether you're tuned in on their YouTube channel or our own here to the video version. Do us a favor while you're in here. Drop a like. Hit that thumbs up button. It'll really help this video's performance and help future videos performances here on the channel. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Helps us. Helps you. Helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. That being said, West Virginia currently after the tournament in Oregon, sitting at 6-1 and one on the 2022-2023 West Virginia basketball season. I want to talk a little bit about each of those games. Like I said, in hindsight, the Mountaineers had the toughest opponent in the tournament, the team that went on to win the tournament in the Purdue Boilermakers, seven foot four Zach Eady. We knew it was going to be a tough task for the Mountaineers. The Mountaineers got the game close at times, but... They played Purdue better than, you know, Duke and Gonzaga, who were both, you know, top 10 teams heading into the tournament. And West Virginia played Purdue closer, but ultimately fell by 12 points in the end, 68 to 80 to the Purdue Boilermakers. Some of the stats from that game, of course, as I mentioned, Purdue ED, I mean, Purdue's ED. Zach ED from Purdue was really a standout for them in this game, as expected. He's going to be a star for them all season. Going to be tough for anyone to stop. I thought Jimmy Bell, Waggy, Trey Mitchell, those asked to kind of guard him held their own. We knew the Mountaineers would have to utilize their fouls. Foul trouble became an issue, unfortunately. But Zach Eady finished with 24 points and 12 rebounds. Just an absolute force from him. I think what really hurt West Virginia ultimately in the game, though, 
was the ability of Purdue to shoot the three ball. I think they shot it better in this game than they had shown coming in. I think their guards played better than West Virginia expected them to coming in. Um, Gillis went two or three from the three-point line. Smith went one of one. And overall, as a team, they went eight of 17, shooting 47% from the three-point line, whereas the Mountaineers had probably their greatest struggle shooting the basketball that we've seen them have thus far this entire season, only shooting 22% from the three-point range, five of 22. Thought that really hurt him in the game uh, was a three-point percentage because from the field, they weren't too terrible. 41%, they've been a lot better than that and can do a lot better than that. But you just had some struggles. Trey Mitchell over three on threes. Emmett, uh, Emmett Matthews was over one. And Eric Stevenson was one of six. So when you have your stars struggling, it's tough. But the Mountaineers leaders in that game scoring-wise, of course, was Eric Stevenson with 17 points. Keedy Johnson added 11. And Joe Toussaint contributed 16 points, five rebounds, and four assists. Ultimately, the Mountaineers you know, lost to what would go on to be the tournament's champion there in the Phil Knight Tournament in Oregon in Purdue. And they are a very tough Purdue team and is going to be a tough team throughout the season, now ranking top five in the country and rightfully so with their performance in the tournament but the Mountaineers were able to bounce back in their second game of the tournament where they took on Portland State and were able to manage an 18 point win as you can see the Mountaineers score is really getting more involved ultimately finishing with six players in double figures for the Mountaineers shooting the basketball a lot better improving from their 41 percent against Purdue to 60.8% in this game against Portland State from the field, including 7 of 16 from the three-point line, 43.8% while holding Portland State to 25% from the three-point line and 38% overall from the field. But the one negative that came out of this game in the area of concern that Portland State was maybe able to claw within 20, I think, was the rebounds. The rebounding advantage actually going to Portland State with a 30-27 to 27 rebounding advantage over the Mountaineers, including 13 offensive boards for Portland State. So the Mountaineers needed to correct that in their game against Florida, and I think they did that in a big way as well when they bounced back against Florida, getting their second win there in the Phil Knight tournament. After they were 1-1, one and one, they moved to 2-1 and one there in Portland, beating Portland State and then absolutely dominating Florida in what is arguably the best performance of the season for the Mountaineers, the 84-55 to 55 win. And I think they took the rebounding disadvantage in the game against Portland State personal as they out-rebounded Florida by 21, 49-28 rebounding advantage for the Mountaineers, including a 15-6 to 6 advantage on the offensive glass. The Mountaineers bouncing back in a big way, and they kind of put everything together that they showed in this tournament. I think they showed some good defensive efforts against Purdue, but struggled offensively. So then against Portland State, they get the offense going, but the rebound struggling. So then here against Florida, you get kind of the combination of all three, and you get to see that the typical potential of this Mountaineer team that has everyone excited about this upcoming season, I believe, as West Virginia is able to defeat Florida to move to 6-1 and one on the season in their final game there at the Phil Knight Tournament in Oregon. And the Mountaineers stat leaders in that one, just kind of taking a look at those. Trey Mitchell having a better game, 17 points, 8 rebounds, bit of the potential you know that we've seen from him shining through there Emmett Matthews 13 points Eric Stevenson 15 points Joe Toussaint with nine points and three assists Kobe Johnson coming away with two steals Eric Stevenson adding two steals of his own as well as the Mountaineers had seven steals in that game against Florida so like I said kind of putting everything together in that game it seemed like and hopefully the Mountaineers were able to continue to do that moving forward as it moved them to six and one on the season there they come out of the tournament in Portland Oregon Finishing fifth place in the tournament, going two and one overall, but I think giving us their best performance that we've seen to date in that game against Florida. Great offensive effort, great defensive effort, and the best effort we've seen from the Mountaineers on the glass as well. So despite, you know, not coming away with 
the tournament championship. I think overall you come away pleased and encouraged by the West Virginia Mountaineers' performance in hindsight there. And it's good to be sitting at 6-1 and one on the season and getting two wins there in Portland was no easy task. But now the Mountaineers will face another tough task as they travel onto the road for a true road contest at Xavier this Saturday. Xavier currently 5-3 and three on the season. Game's going to be December 3rd at 6.30 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be televised on Fox Sports 1. If you guys want to check that one out, uh, be sure and do so there on Fox Sports 1. But the Mountaineers ultimately are ready for it, I think. Um, it's going to be a tough task, and if the Mountaineers go into there and get a victory, then you will really know a lot about this West Virginia team and that they are indeed for real, I think. You know, we were worried about fool's gold a little bit and wanted to see what they did in Oregon. Like I said, I think we came away encouraged and now we get to see what they do on a true road game and a tough environment there as they take on the Xavier Musketeers this Saturday. And let's get into a little bit of a preview of that game before we close out here on episode three of the 2022-2023 version of the CRW Hoops podcast. All right, so West Virginia, as I mentioned, currently sitting at 6-1 and one overall on the season. Going to head to Ohio to take on this tough Xavier squad that currently sits at 5-3 and three on the season. But don't let the three losses fool you. They have played some tough opponents. Their three losses coming to Duke, who they lost two by seven, Gonzaga, who they nearly defeated in an 88-84 battle, and Indiana, who they only lost two by two. And Indiana actually just beat UNC, who was the preseason number one in college basketball. So Xavier's played some tough opponents to get to five and three on the season. Overall, taking a look at some of the team stats this season, they're scoring the ball really well, 84 points a game. Uh, defensively, they're giving up 73 and a half, though. But like I said, as you can see from their field goal percentage, really high potent offense, over 50% scoring on the season at 51.4. Field goal percentage, they're averaging 37 rebounds a game, where the Mountaineers are only averaging 35. And they turn teams over as well. West Virginia averages eight steals on the season, as does Xavier. But Xavier also has a nice rim protector there, as they're averaging five blocks a game on the season. So I think the Mountaineers are going to be tested defensively in this game. Xavier is a team that can score it. And not only are they a team that can score it, they're team that has guards that will attack the rim. So West Virginia, we know in the past couple years, Huggins' complaints have been with the defense not being great at their on-ball defense and giving up too many straight-line drives. And we're going to find out a lot about this year's version of West Virginia's ability to stop those straight-line drives against Xavier, and hopefully it's much improved as we, I think we believe that it will be. Taking a look at some of the individual numbers and the team leaders for both teams heading into the contest, like I said, Xavier has really good guard play, and that's evidenced by their two guards here that are averaging 15.8 points a game for Soli Borum and 15.7 points a game for Colby Jones. Both guards averaging over 15 points a game. And how about a third guard in double figures down here with Adam Kunkel at 11.5 points per game. Overall, they have five players currently averaging double figures in scoring as their two forwards, Jack Nunge and Zach Fremantle, who really helped them do that rim protection that I talked about earlier as both of them averaging over a block a game with Nunge at 1.6 and Fremantle at 1.4 blocks per game. And both those guys may create a challenge for the Mountaineers down low. We know Mountaineers struggle with the seven foot four Zach Eady. Jack Nunge is also seven foot tall there in the middle for Xavier. And Zach Fremantle, um, no slouch himself, 6'10", 225. He goes there as well. So the Mountaineers got their hands full defense in this game, I think. 
Uh, they're going to have to try and stop these Xavier guards that can score and some big men on defense that Xavier has that could bother West Virginia as they try and attack the cup. But I think the Mountaineers have the players that can shut down those Xavier guards defensively, whether it be Keedy Johnson, Eric Stevenson, Emmett Matthews, Joe Toussaint. I think the Mountaineers have a lot better perimeter defenders than they've had in years past. And we're going to see them put to test in this game. So I think it's going to be a really good for bar- a barometer to see just how good on-ball defenders these players truly are. And uh, I think if they're as good as I believe that they can be, West Virginia will be able to stop some of those drives that Xavier's been to do thus far this season and hopefully shut down some of the scoring from their guards. But looking at West Virginia's stat leaders coming into the game, Eric Stevenson currently the team's leading scorer, 14 points a game. Jimmy Bell leading the team in rebounds at 5.3. Assists currently Joe Toussaint just over three a game. Keedy Johnson right at two steals a game. Uh, Blocks, James Oconquo currently the leader Point seven a game, so no Mountaineer averaging a block a game yet. But um, diving in a little bit more on the numbers, Trey Mitchell averaging 12.6 points per game for the Mountaineers and almost five rebounds as well. Joe Toussaint coming off the bench, I think he's provided the Mountaineers a great scoring spark from the bench there, 11.1 points per game and then 10.1 points per game for Emmett Matthews. So as Xavier has five players averaging double figures, the Mountaineers have four, and then two guys just outside with Keedy Johnson averaging eight points a game and Mo Waggy averaging seven points and four rebounds a game, and he's been a bright spot for the Mountaineers. So I think the Mountaineers have the capability to keep up with Xavier's scoring, and they have the defensive talent to potentially hold Xavier's scoring average down below what it normally does. So I think the Mountaineers have the capabilities to win this game, but it's going to be a very tough contest for the Mountaineers to be able to do so. Moving forward, diving in, if I think they will be able to do so with my prediction here, it's going to be a tough one, but I'm going to go with the Mountaineers ultimately. I know everyone is probably siding with Xavier. I don't think a line's out on the game yet, but I know ESPN's um, FPI, you know, their predictor there has Xavier over a 50% chance to win the game, but I think the Mountaineers are hungry to really show something. I think they wanted to beat that Purdue team really badly. I think they have that hunger and that taste that they in their mouth for a victory and a big, important victory. I think they know that a victory on the road here will really help them seeding-wise come tournament time. And I think they were unsatisfied with how they came away from Oregon. They wanted to win that tournament. This is a team that I think is a lot in the Huggins mold, a lot of hungry guys, a lot of scrappy guys. And I think they're going to show that there. In Ohio, it's going to be a tough environment. Huggins has a history with this Xavier team from his days at Cincinnati. I think there's still a little bit of a rivalry there between them and himself a little bit. Maybe he uses that to motivate these players. But I think West Virginia comes out hungry, and I think they make a statement in this one. I'm talking 8-10 to 10 point win for West Virginia over Xavier as far as my prediction is concerned. But what are your all's thoughts? Let us know in the comments if you're, let, if you're watching this on the video side, whether it be on our channel or the WV Sports Now channel. Throw us your prediction in the game for the Mountaineers as they head over to Xavier, sitting at 6-1 and one on the season to take on the 5-3 and three Xavier Musketeers in the seventh game of the 2022 WVU basketball season. Having said that, appreciate you guys tuning in here to CCRW Hoops podcast 2022-2023 edition, episode three here. And before I get ready to close this out, one more time for you guys watching on the video side, drop us a like before you head out if you would. Really helps us. And in turn, subscribe if you haven't already. Helps us and it helps you. Gets more of this Mountaineer sports content. Out to Mountaineer Nation. And if you're listening to this episode on the audio side, which you can find on any podcast platform you prefer, just search for the Country Roads webcast. If you're there on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating or a review. That really helps. And if you're on any other platform, share us around. 
and we will have another CRW Hoops podcast episode dropping within a week's time. Beyond that, though, be on the lookout for the West Virginia post-game show for this game against Xavier coming Saturday evening. Game tips off at 6.30 p.m., so they're looking at probably a 9 p.m. or later start for our post-game show for that one, but that'll be streamed live on the Country Roads webcast, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch pages. So you can check that out, and then we'll have more Mountaineer basketball content as the season continues to progress. Appreciate you guys for tuning in here to Episode 3 of the 2022-2023 CRW Hoops podcast. Having said that, as always, I'm Jordan Cruz, and until next time, let's go. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...